This time, it's Personal, a music review podcast about sharing songs and telling stories. I'm Jamie. And I'm Galen. Welcome to episode three. This episode is sponsored by a diet coke. <laughs> yeah, I get. I guess. <laughs> welcome to episode three. <laughs> hey, what's up? Welcome to episode three. Yes, welcome everybody. We're trying out a little bit of a new format uh, this week, and it's going to be a good-ass time. Uh, that's all I got to say about it. Yeah, welcome. I've got a song uh, to share with you today Hit uh, me. by a band called Kaitana. Uh, this came out in 2017, and this song is called Am I Dead Yet? Sometimes it's hard to say. Yeah, it's rocking. It's, yeah. dri- it's driving. It's um, it makes me want to dance a little bit. Totally. As summer's setting in, I've been trying to listen to more music that's like getting my heart rate up, ex- yep. exciting, uh, and positive. Although this song might not come across as entirely optimistic, um, to me that's what it feels like. Mm. Like after listening to it a bunch, and that's partly the lyrics, uh, partly the instrumentation. Right. But like there's something about that like that boom tap boom tap boom tap beat that always right. makes me want to like get up and get loose. I think it's connected in all kinds of dance music. Like feels like something that'd be rocking a club yeah. uh in nineteen eighty seven or something, you know. That's why I chose it as like this positive summer kickoff. Yeah. It's got sort of a similar um a little bit of a similar vibe to Ida Maria. Mm-hmm. Like specifically, oh my god! Yeah, just having that like driving, driving guitars and and uh, the driving drums and everything. Like it, it has a similar energy. It's a little more subdued. Yeah, it's cool. It's a cool energy. Yeah, it's a good summer energy for sure. Yeah, so it felt summery to you. Uh, yeah, I think for me, I tend to go for stuff that just in general has more for s- sort of like a summery vibe. Uh-huh. For the 2019 summer collection, <laughs> uh, my recommendations would be um, something that I, I tend to go for something that has a little more um, like, I don't know, plinky, high stuff, mm-hmm. sort of more um, bubblegum pop is kind of the wrong term, but like stuff that's a little uh, a little brighter, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I would go back and forth. I think it's a good, I think it's a good like pump up jam. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can dig that. Maybe at the end of the day when you're kind of sunburnt and you're kind of cooling it off in the evening time, because there is that section, <clears throat> which is great for the song, where it's like, it's like doing the and then all of a sudden it's right. I just picture somebody like head banging like this. So all of a sudden slow right in the middle, right? Hair, hair flying head bang. Um, and the lyrics and everything gets washed out a little psychedelic. Right. Well, it's almost like a little break mm-hmm. in, in the song. Like when I was listening to that this recent time, I was thinking, wow, that is a break between that that hard-hitting beat and kind of made me think of the, um, like you smell coffee beans in between other fragrances to like clear your palate. Right. Or yeah, like a palate cleanser. Sure. So I felt like that little headbang section <laughs> was a cool palate cleanser. Yeah. For the driving beat. Totally. Anything else stand out to that? Uh, I mean, stand the, out to you? Those those drowned out vocals were a surprise because the other vocals are so close to the mic, mm-hmm. which is not which is not usually what you hear 
in this type of music, which is normally usually sounds like it's being shouted through a, mic- a megaphone to just have that energy. But it was kind of an interesting contrast to have somebody like right up here, like yeah. right up in your ears. Oh, with yeah. You have this like much bigger sound behind it. Interesting. Um, which is actually it's an interesting thing that I feel like has fallen out of favor a little bit. Although you have people like Billie Eilish who are like kind of bringing that back. Totally. Where she's always I'm like right in your ears, guy. no matter what, you know, sound she has going on underneath. Agreed. Um, but I think it's a cool contrast. Um, it makes it feel more personal. Like we were talking about in the, um, I think in the the episode with Ida Maria, we were talking about like that feeling of listening to a band in somebody's garage. And I feel like that sort of, emulates that a little bit where yeah. you're just like you're you're not at a, a giant stadium watching this band you're like you know at the other side of the room while they practice definitely um and the ending having a similar sort of like hearing hearing the room tone uh kind of emphasizes that as well where it's like it feels very human rather mm-hmm. than feeling very produced which is a nice uh I don't know. Nice contrast to a lot of music these days. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's coming directly into your head. Like you can't get right. clo- you can't get any closer. So it's it's feels more intimate uh, that recording style because it's, they're talking to you right here. Yeah, like right like you said. And I don't know. That's a cool thing. I I wonder how much thought goes into that recording style for wanting to speak directly to somebody and not maybe. The opposite would be like speaking to the whole room or the whole crowd versus right. talking to you as an individual. Well, I'm sure for this track specifically, it was a consideration because there is that section where there are those vocals that feel very removed and very washed out. Mm-hmm. But it, was, it feels like a very intentional choice to have that contrast where like in the beginning, you're right up in it. And then in that middle section, it like really pulls away. Yeah. Did it feel like a modern track? Did it feel like it came out in 2017 to you? No, it feels it feels vintage. Wow, it's weird. It it feels almost nineties to me a little bit, mm-hmm. but the production doesn't. Like the production is very clean. Right. You don't hear a lot of fuzz. I mean, there's a bit, but it's not like so overblown and so kind of DIY that it's just you feel the dirt of it. It has a similar like simple appearance, but. There's like a little bit of these little jangly guitars in there, in there, and little riffs that kind of dance in and out, and little bits that pop in that are like clearly a more complicated production underneath the whole thing. Yeah. So it's like got this kind of simple face, but then there's a lot of stuff happening, mm-hmm. um, which is I think what makes it feel more modern um, instead of it just literally being like just those core elements. Totally. Um, but I think tonally. I mean, I, I wasn't grokking a ton of the lyrics, but tonally, I think it felt more, a little more vintage in the simplicity. And I think the lyrical content of those repeated lyrics, um, especially the one I wrote down, which was, uh, I'm not dead yet, but I'd like to take a break, mm-hmm. um, is a great line. And it's one of those lines that like encapsulates the idea in one line really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. I, I don't know. This is like jumping into the lyric stuff, but. I do love the uh, those moments where you get a lyric that like doesn't have a lot to it, and it isn't even that huge of a twist on like the title of the song, or it's not a lyric that's like really uh, lyrically complicated in the rest of the scheme. But it's just the contrast of like two ideas of like I'm not dead yet, but I'd like to take a break. It's, yeah. It creates such like a vivid picture that yeah. I, I I think is really cool. Um, very evocative. So I was only able able to catch a couple little ones like that, but that one popped out specifically to me. Sure. Um, as just those little moments of like, oh, huh, interesting. Yeah. That um, I agree on the. It sounds older than it is. Like what you're saying. Um, the beat reminds me of a lot of things, but it feels 80s, late 80s, early 90s. Sure. And when the synth line comes in, it's like maybe three quarters of the way through. And it, there's a synth line dancing around in the back that almost sounds like the cure a little bit to me, like something right. they would do to raise the stakes emotionally. Like You know, that might have been what I was thinking of with the layers. Because I was like, I know it's something I've heard relatively recently. And it's like not something that was like deeply ingrained, but something that just sort of came back. Yeah. It might have been one of those. It might have been that first cure track you played in the first episode that had that similar like 
it's one kind of base idea, but with all these little notes underneath that are kind of adding this extra flavor. Definitely. Yeah, that's the line, I'm not dead yet, but I'd like to take a break. I also wrote it down. It's like taking risks in life, living on the edge a little bit. Right. You know, whether that means to you like partying hard or riding dirt bikes or whatever uh, makes you feel like you're pushing it, um, pushing the limit, uh, it conjures up feelings for that. And I was thinking of like, well, yeah, first of all, like the party thing, it's like, well, it didn't kill me, you know, quit while you're ahead. Mm. Like that's the the first time I heard the song, I was thinking about that stuff. But then it got me thinking about um, carrying like social burdens. So like huh. as a person that like loves meeting people like yourself, uh, uh, extroverted, I love to talk to people. Um, but if you start making real human connections, there's an exchange that's needed for like, a, there's a responsibility to all these people that you're also forming to be consistent and to mm. be, to be there. Um, the first big time I felt that was like in high school where all of a sudden, like more than two people talked to me. So it was the first time I felt like what that felt like, but that goes on till now in adult life. It's like, you know, maintaining relationships, holding it up. How many of those can you really do? You know, and I've thought that like it overburdened times and I've listened to this song. It's like, like I'm not dead yet, but I'd like to take a break. It's like <clears throat> feeling almost crushed by the pressure of maintaining quality relationships when, mm. when you start adding too many numbers to it. Right. right. Like it's a, like having a couple best friends. You can really be a best friend, but, um, too many and it doesn't work so that's that's where that lyric took me to right that's interesting yeah i sort of read it more in the negative sense of just like living life as a uh, complicated heavy difficult thing and sometimes it just sort of gets overwhelming and you're just like i just need to dip out for a minute yeah um but i don't know it's it's an interesting idea because it's it's one of those nice little juicy morsels that's like both could be read as like a very kind of depressive mm-hmm. idea or kind of like a very, I don't know, interesting and, and introspective uh, and existential idea. It's also just taking a slice of it and being like, I'm not dead yet. It's like, hell hey, yeah. yeah. Right. Like, totally. I'm not dead yet. I can do anything like that. That feels empowering. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. We both felt something on that. Uh, I love dynamic songs like this, like we talked about. There's hitting parts, dancey parts, and then little breaks mm-hmm. uh, to step to step back. Yeah, the other lyrics in that um, that were that were repeated is was like a line, it's like, "Is there a way out of this?" Like she said that a couple of times. Mm. Um, that also was a supportive thing for getting in over your head, right? Like, you know, whether that's on a first date that's not going great or <laughs> or anything else yeah. like uh when do you know when it's time to get out or even a, a long form joke or anything you right. know um getting in over your head uh another line it doesn't really matter where this comes up for me but i feel super romantic about life and like i can swoon by the yeah a sunset or a conversation mm-hmm. or the meeting of a stranger uh, long ferry boat ride, like it all feels romantic to me, and they they basically say that in here. It's like everything feels so romantic is one of the right. lines, and it's like, yeah, it really does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't know, it all feels like that to me all the time. Well, that's the best attitude. I, this is the the story I was telling uh, before we started recording, but like uh, yesterday, I was in a huge, or not yesterday, but a couple of days ago, I was in a huge funk. And I ended up uh, going for a walk and then it ended up being this really beautiful sunset. And I was like, well, I guess I'm just chasing this sunset for however long. And I ended up like walking way further than I anticipated all the way down to the water to watch this sunset for like an hour. Um, and it feels like one of those moments where, like it's probably my favorite mood. Especially, and it happens a lot more in summer, I think, just because there feels like the world has possibility. Yeah. And like. The day lasts real long uh-huh. and you get to walk around at 9 p.m. and it's not dark yet. Like, it's just, yep. just it's a delightful time. And um, but I, I, I that took me out of my funk. And then I was like walking home uh, and there were all these parties happening on people's roofs. And it just felt like sort of the world was full of of life and, and whatever. And I, I walked past a, a, an apartment building and there was a woman just like leaning out her window, smoking a cigarette. And I was like, that's even awesome. Yeah. Like just the fact that like anybody is like there instead of like sitting towards your TV or like sitting, you know, 
facing a wall. I don't know. Yeah. You're like leaning out into the into the world to smoke your cigarette. It's mm-hmm. just like a cool. I don't know. It th- that to me is one of my favorite moods, which is just like being kind of uh, romanced by the world. Absolutely agreed, man. That's the that's I live for that exact feeling. Yeah, and totally. no- noticing those simple things, like you're saying, like you walked extra far to chase that uh, to chase that sunlight, and you notice the lady hanging out the window, which most people might not even right. Totally. The birds are chirping like when you wake up and sometimes when you go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> this time of year. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. It's great. Um, that's most of my feelings about that song. Uh, I like to listen to it um, when I'm driving and mm. sometimes when I'm on a long walk. I have another song <laughs> that I'll eventually share. Cool, it. cool your jets there, mister. <laughs> yeah. I got some more thoughts yeah, for you. Yeah, I can save it. I'll save it. All right. <laughs> um, because I have a divergent thought. All right. Divergent thought. Welcome to the divergent thought process. Welcome to the divergent thought portion of the show. All right. So uh, one of the things I, I called out here that was kind of interesting was her vocal styling is not what I expected for a song like oh, this. Oh, yeah, her voice. How did we forget to talk about that? Right? She's got, like, this country twang that, yeah. like, I wasn't... I just, for whatever reason, I, like, heard her voice, and I'm like, she's kind of got an interesting voice. It's, like, very close, which is not what I was expecting. And there's just a couple little words, and I, I sat in and read them down, but just these little moments where it, like, dipped right into this, like, country twang. Sure. Uh, and it caught me off guard in, like, a way that... Uh, it's a thing we talk about probably all too often about like something that makes you listen closer, but that definitely did that for me where I was just, it was this unexpected little twist and I was like, hold on. Like, was that, that's the best thing What, what happened to make you lean in a little bit. That's yeah, totally. That's good. Um, and it was interesting too, because the super close vocals and like a little bit of the weird vocal styling reminded me of soul coughing a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, and I feel like we should listen to a little bit of soul coughing. Yeah, our first all... divergent, uh, thing in our new sexy format. I'm all the way in our new hot fuckable format. It's okay. Soul coughing. Um, what song in particular are you thinking? I don't, mm, I don't know. Give it a, give it a, the old whirl and we'll see. I mean, I go straight for the super bonbon. Hit it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If there's ever a song that made me want to lean out my window and smoke a cigarette, <laughs> that's the one. Yeah, you can. You, could you read this bit, uh, uh, this note for me? Yeah, let me read talk? this note out of your notebook. That fucking bass. Yeah, yeah that's uh, so good. There is there is no uh, song that makes me want to just uh, kick down a door quite as much yeah. <laughs> as that fucking song. Yeah. Um, that so ruled. the similarity there is uh, super close vocals. I feel like, and yeah. <laughs> that's how we got to that yeah. fucking banger. But uh, total banger. I agree. The it is super close, mic'd and a personal like vocal. It feels a lot more. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a lot more disguised by just how crazy heavy. But he's got a similar like. He's got a similar voice uh, named Mike Dotty. Mm-hmm. Um, nineteen ninety six. That's nineteen ninety six. Mike Dotty. Yeah. As opposed to twenty seven Jennifer's uh, solo act, Mike <laughs> Mike Dotty yeah. went to school with twenty seven <laughs> Jennifers. <laughs> Much different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's got a similar thing where like in soul coughing, he tends to mic super close and he also, te- he has this weird voice. Um, like he's got, he's just got this like thing that's just in his voice. Mm-hmm. It was a similar, has a similar effect for me to the sort of like little bit of country twang Yeah, where I'm like, it's mic'd close enough that you get the detail of that and you want to lean in where the previous song felt a little comfortable to lean in. Uh, I feel like soul coughing, you lean in and then immediately get kicked directly foot right into your fucking grill. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, skull crusher. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, same idea. 
Definitely. No, I could. I never thought about the country twang with Kaitana or soul coughing until you brought it up, and now it, I can hear it in both. Yeah. I, I never thought about that. I was always more enamored with the raspy qualities of, right. bo of both of them, and I didn't make the connection until you mentioned it, but yeah, I could see a total connection for multiple reasons. But that raspy, like, like yeah. I like that dehydrated, <laughs> smoked... Yeah. I like my singers dehydrated. Yeah, very much so. Like a gritty, raspy, like... A Nina Simone type? Even raspier. Like, I feel like Soul Coughing and Kaitana, like if they were really sick with the flu, they'd, <laughs> sa they'd sound even better. Where some artists right. would have to take the day off. Like, I think they'd sound even better. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Um, you got another track to bump? Yeah, I got another Kaitana track to bump. This is going back in time to one of their earlier releases from 2014. And uh, it's sort of got a, a strange title. Okay. This, uh, this track's called Hot Dad Calendar. Hot. I like it. Yep. I like it. Get up and move more. Still in that same uh, hitting the road vibe for me. Oof. Yeah. I like that one a lot. Um, Better than the first one? Yes. Okay. For sure. I, I think the thing that immediately grabbed me about it um, was it had like a good bouncy, like a bump, 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 like just that type of bass that like it's very hard for me to not get caught up in that groove if like the bass just has like... It's like real saturated and has a good groove. Like I'm, I'm sucked in immediately. Yeah. Um, and it had a nice little like, uh, not bait and switch, but it's sort of how I feel about songs that do this, where it like started off with this kind of beachy guitar a little bit, mm -hmm. and then got substantially like more driving and heavier, and so it was this nice little like catching you off guard right up front, which always tends to hook me. Yeah. Um, especially with that bass. Agreed. Um, I put uh, basses driving and bouncy as well. Yep. That's one yep. of my favorite things. Um, yeah. And then it has this, it, the beat too. I really like the beat that it, like, I, I can't, I'm trying to think if I can like pull out the, the beat that I'm thinking of, but it's got the, I, I tried to write it out. So listen, let me just see if I can read it. This is a uh, bum, bum, bat, bat, a, buda, bum, bat. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's, are you talking about the, well, so it, it's this, uh, it's like kind of a snare roll right in the middle. I'd, we could pull out a clip of it, but what I'm talking about is sort of the like. Yeah. And it's just like, that. Li those little rolls in there kind of keep pushing it forward. Yeah, it's like a classic break. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I liked the structure of that. It was a lot simpler. Like mm -hmm. the, the actual, there wasn't as much uh, layering, although I think they're doing a lot with the the structure of their band where it's like having a really solid bass line and a really solid, uh, drum line and then having a rhythm guitar and a guitar on top of that doing lead. Like it's just a nice relationship, especially between the bass, the rhythm guitar and the, uh, lead guitar. Yeah. Where you get these like bass is coming in heavy. And then sometimes the like, lead guitar kind of dips up and does some little fun stuff and the rhythm guitar is kind of keeping it driving and then sometimes it changes up and so they were doing that a lot more in the first track but mm -hmm. even in this one there are little moments where they sort of do these little trade-offs that kept it flavorful even though the structure of this is a lot simpler and it feels less um sophisticated and mature like it feels almost more kind of garage bandy than the first track but i really like that like that tone it takes the tone that i was sort of getting a glimpse of in the first one and going fully into it. Right. Um, which for me just like even saturates that more. I'm like, great. Like I'm, I'm sitting in somebody's garage watching my friend's band play. Yeah. Like just 
that's a great tone. And the chances are they they this was closer to the age when they were probably playing in their garage because right. it was their earlier release. And I feel like all their stuff from that time I like in general better than their more recent stuff even right. though they're still writing great songs there's something about the less sophisticated sure. grittiness of it that i that i like about that quite yeah, a bit totally that's cool did you feel like did you think that song was fun yeah yeah absolutely that song is super fun um i think it's got some some real uh good I don't know, some real good up energy. It's a lot brighter than the previous track, which mm-hmm. I also like. Just sound-wise, I think it has a nicer range, and I think her voice is really interesting in this one, too. Yeah. We can dive into that more because I have another uh, diversion. But, so do, so uh, do I on this one. Oh, okay. Yeah. It might be the same diversion. We can double divert. I bet it might be I actually the same. I bet it's not. I bet it's no? not. No? Okay. Uh-uh. Um, so, yeah, but I, I feel like her voice she sounds younger and her voice is a lot brighter. And I really like that. Um, it's a, a similar tone you get in some of these uh, smaller, more like indie bands where it's just more strained, more, you're just pushing it harder. Yeah. And I feel like the stakes are raised. Right. And you get so much emotion from that, like the little cracks and breaks and like really, you know, pu- pull in for some long note and it just cracks. It's like got that, uh, reality to it that I really like and totally. it doesn't feel super polished it's not perfect yeah, and, yeah, it, yeah. and it was never meant to be yeah that's radical um, uh, there's some uh, big guitar riffs in it that yep. reminded me of Big Thief you ever listened to them before no um, they they got some guitar notes like the higher up ones they're like I could find it for you right but I like that guitar tone quite a bit Right. Um, and then the lyrics in this. Are, yeah, I caught a couple, but I didn't didn't catch all of them. But yeah, the lyrics in this one um, hit me even harder than the first song I played hmm. from Kaitana. And part of that's because, like I mentioned, this is the first time I ever heard this, or this is the first song I ever heard from this band. Mm-hmm. And at the exact time, I was just about I was just turning thirty six. I'm thirty seven now, so that was uh-huh. a year do ago. The math. Yeah, do, you the, do math. the math. You do the math. Um, and 36 felt like the first year in a long time that felt like I was getting older. And Interesting. I, and I wondered, like, it came out of nowhere. Like, it's been since I was 30. So, quick diversion on that. I'm curious. This is completely separate from talking about music. What are your ages that feel significant? Let's see. Because I, I have a very specific list, and I've never thought about it that much. It's just been a thing that's, like, inherent where I'm like, oh, that feels important. Yeah, I don't think I ever had a list either. Um, mine had been, well, the first couple were because you got something from it, like mm. 16, driver's license, like, mm. or at least I could finally get one. That felt like a big deal. Well, going even earlier, 10. Yep. When I turned 10, I felt like I crossed uh, into a threshold. A, a threshold. Yeah. And if you listen to, I believe it's episode one, there's a little tale about um being in ireland when i was 10 that might be episode two i think that might be episode two, or it might be here's a cool edit secreto here's a cool edit if you remember in one of the previous episodes hey. I, I talked about when i was 10 uh and things did change that year but i remember like on my 10th birthday that was like all right now start time to be cool like mm-hmm. time to time to be cool and then 16 driver's license 18 you know cigarettes and everything else you can buy when you turn 18 it was just like a into the next world um and then obviously 21 was a big one uh, i was waiting at the bar at midnight the night before because i really wanted to have a drink in a bar mm-hmm. uh and then that was kind of it i stopped like i wasn't like waiting after 21 i stopped waiting for a birthday for any specific reason um People hyped up my 30th birthday around me, and that felt special because of that. It was a really special birthday, but, um, and I guess 25, someone threw me a kick-ass surprise party and some great bands played. Hmm. Uh, The Catheters played. They are amazing. But, um, yeah, those were kind of just suggested by nature. Right. And then 35 happened, and I was like, that's weird. Like, should I feel something? I didn't. 
mm-hmm. but then 36, it seemed like I was into the roundup to 40. Like if you have ah, right. $36 sounds kind of like $40 to me. <laughs> so I was like, I'm 40 shit. <laughs> you know, like, um, right. And so right at that same time, I heard this band for the first time but did you have a, a list oh of... yeah i can run through them super fast no, i want to hear i want to hear i don't it. have like a ton of detail and these are i don't they were never associated with anything specific it was just like they felt important for whatever reason and i feel like it was just crossing some sort of threshold so for me it was um i felt like six was important for whatever reason i don't know why 10 was important because you're no longer in single digits oh. for whatever reason um 13 was important because you're actually a teenager. 16 was uh, important because it felt like you went from like being a child to like being a real semi-adult teen. Sure. 18 didn't feel like anything. 18 never felt that important. 21 never felt that important. Hmm. 24 felt important. Whoa. So tw- and and that was way that, that was when I was like probably 15 or 16, I was thinking about this. Not like even when I turned 24, it was just like ahead of it. I was like, 24 seems important. And the reasoning is, I feel like when you turn 21, people are like, oh, you're 21, you can drink. Like, it's like you're a teenager who's getting to drink, not like an adult person. Oh, right. And then 22, you're still like in your early 20s. You're still young. Like you're still sort of a teenager. 23 still feels that way. And for whatever reason, 24, it felt, even way ahead of time, it felt like it was a turn into like adulthood where you're like, now there's no excuse for like being a dumb teen. Like at 24, you're like close to halfway. But I don't, it wasn't even those numbers really. It was just like, for whatever reason, 24 felt like a turn from like the transition period between adulthood and like being a teen. Right. Um, For me, 30 doesn't seem that crazy. Um, I'm revealing how young I am, but, uh, 30 doesn't seem that crazy to me, actually. Similarly to 21, right? It's like, it's a transition, but it feels like in the middle of a transition. It doesn't feel like, uh, like a real signifier of like, you've crossed a threshold. It's like you're mid transitioning into like a new portion of your life, but it's not like at 30, like the difference between 29 and 31 doesn't seem like that significant to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Like I, I feel similar. Like thirty was kind of like cool. Thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that was a huge diversion, but uh, I like that. It was fun. No, it's it's interesting to talk about. So, the reason for this conversation about getting older is when I turned thirty six, it did feel like suddenly, like oh crap, like I'm thinking about the big picture. I'm thinking about thirty six is forty, forty is ten from fifty. Am I get? I'm retired. Like, when do you retire? Like, (laughs) like, when do you become an old person? Like, I don't know. Um, But then, right at that same uh, period of sort of doubt, self doubt, I heard this song, and it was also at the time when I started going out to more and more shows and like getting back out in the world because I sort of reclused for a while for a long list of reasons. But I started getting back out in the world and feeling young, which was not the point. Like uh-huh. I wasn't trying to reclaim your youth. No, I was just trying to like do fun stuff that I know that I like that I haven't hadn't been doing a lot. And I hear the song, and uh, it was "Remember that you were a snail," or no, no, because that was a line in there that I liked a lot. <laughs> you you love snails and prawns. I do. Okay, so the line of the song that hit me like a truck, and it really did crash straight into me, screeching tires and all was kid you'll be okay you'll get better with age mm, yeah, yeah i had that too it resonated so hard with me and, and like at the same kind of uh, phase of rediscovery of who i am i was like yeah not that i know a damn thing about wine but i know it gets better with age i know like lots of stuff get better with age like old guitars and like tube preamps <laughs> and you know these sorts of things and it really helped me like it was one of those moments where i felt like an actual embrace of support from a song and right. i was like you're damn right i'm gonna get better with age you know and it was saying kid you'll be okay which like i yeah there's a little kid inside me that that's hopefully never gonna go away and it was speaking right to that kid being like don't worry don't worry peter pan everything's gonna be okay right you know? Um, so that was 
massive. That was massive for me. That's awesome. Uh, and then the, it backed it up with other supportive lines says, um, you're trying to be brave, but you've been brave before. It's like, mm. don't forget what you have done in the past. Mm-hmm. In sixth grade, our teacher had on the, on the board, um, uh, what one person can do, another can do. And that was it, it, like one of the huh. year-round sayings, which is the idea that like if it's been done, you can do it. And right. it, and if you've done it before, it's even like closer to being a reality. Right. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of um, support in this song. Uh, it also had to do with like letting go of regrets. Like the line is um, face first on your mother's floor. It's like yep. to me that reminds myself of just a whole – portfolio of embarrassing moments that i've put (laughs) myself through um yeah whether that is falling asleep on the floor or climbing on top of a table in the middle of a dinner party um and quoting that's a story quoting jay-z that's a real story yeah uh and my mom having to get me down and be like (laughs) this is not the place to be singing jay-z at my uh corporate dinner party (laughs) but (laughs) it felt right at the time so to me that was the face first on your mother's floor Mm -hmm. um thing um so it's like getting over your regrets you get better with age and when you're trying to do something brave remember you've been brave before so like that's kind of the boiled down concentrate of where the lyrics of this affected me and anytime music can be i mean all music is therapeutic to me but like anytime it can really be directly therapeutic i remember it and i notice it for a long time yeah so that's that's a big deal um did you have any lyrical stuff you wanted to talk about i didn't you you caught the two well you caught the the one that i was gonna uh, dive into and then uh the remember the that you are a snail i just grabbed that because it's very much my whole vibe yeah. I think it's cool. I think yeah. it's cute. I think it's like a cool, I don't know. I like those little humbling sort of like comparisons. It's it's the same reason I like the prawn idea, which is just like you are insignificant, but in a way that's like very kind of, I don't know, endearing, right? Definitely. Just sim- It simplifies your problems down to to uh, that. And I think it's a nice perspective. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I'm going to quickly... Uh, spout my diversion here sure uh, we don't have to listen to it let's double divert well yeah let's not i don't know if we need to dive into the actual thing because we've already featured this artist before uh-huh. but uh uh ida maria this song has some real ida maria vibes uh-huh. um uh specifically um uh, 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 uh what's the one is it just is the title like i like you so much better when you're naked or yeah. Better when you're naked. I like me so much better when you're naked. Yeah, yeah. So we can we can inject that in. But yeah, um, it reminds me of that a lot. Just the same like vocal quality, vocal fry, just that like really crunchy, strained vocal. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so we are listening to. Uh, an artist called Clap Clap. I'm going to give a little bit of background because this is a wild artist uh, and is not quite the thing you might actually think of um, when you're hearing that. So uh, apparently I did some research because I didn't really know much about this artist, but Clap Clap is he's an Italian DJ. um, But prior to being an Italian DJ was a jazz musician, Um, still Italian jazz musician, not a DJ. So uh, this stuff is made up of primarily field recordings um, that he got himself. You'll see the the influence uh, when we start listening to a track. Um, we are going to listen to The Rainstick Fable off of his first uh, album called Taye Beba uh, in 2014.
damn, dude. Legit blown away a little bit here. I told you. Yeah, that's super unique. I, I don't think I've ever heard a track like that. Yeah, so Clap Clap is super crazy. I don't th- I've don't. i never heard music like Clap Clap. Um, what's super cool about Clap Clap, it, and it was a thing that I was actually kind of worried about when I originally heard his music, as I was like, this is incredible, but it's like an Italian DJ, so like how, like it feels a little bit culturally appropriative or whatever, but learning that pretty much all of this is from field recordings from West Africa, um, and like his, his time, like traveling around Africa makes it so cool to see that like crazy blend between just like thumping electronic music and like hardcore African rhythms and chanting and like stuff you never hear in American pop music or even like most people's weird subgenre of music that they're really into of like fucking stoner metal or you know, like you just don't get that type of flavor in any of that. Agreed. The stuff totally blew me away the first time I heard it. This is uh, this album uh, uh, my previous roommate showed me and he played me one track and I it within a second I was like this is one of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah, this is great. I'm pretty stoked. Um, it's rare I hear something that I feel that's completely unique i've heard some of like types of rhythms and different elements of this that were in there as standalone things for sure but never um married together like that that was really that's exciting man i wrote in my notes damn i love this track (laughs) (laughs) that's great yeah that's awesome um yeah the fact that it was out traveling and capturing the sounds i mean that that's a whole different level of music creation. I think, you know, finding sounds, found sound, um, going out in the world and like finding rhythm and instrumentation out of that, especially as a DJ, that's special because in the world of the DJ, um, or, and, you know, beat producing and all that, there's so many synths and drum machines and so much technology. And why this was so unique to me is because the technology aspect of it was used ultra sparingly Mm -hmm. like not even like salt and pepper it was more like a parsley garnish right level of digital influence and that's rare you know to me yeah totally i mean pretty much only that like bass drum like 808 bass that's just going is the only pretty much the only digital element that I can pick out other than a little bit of effects and things here and there, but yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I mean, the 808 such a familiar bass hit. Yeah. Um, but it fit perfectly with the, the style of the recordings that he got. Um, because you think of like the foot stomping, chant singing type mu- type music with the bigger drums, but that 808 sells it straight to the soul. Yeah. Uh, you, it's trunk rattling, uh, greatness. And yeah, I noted that too. That's what I mean. It was like just a garnish of digital influence was the 808. And there's a couple like pitch bend, yep. uh, like kind of tape delay yeah. sounds that in there. That breakdown is part of the reason I picked this song because I love, it's so unexpected because everything else is just these samples. And then you get that like kalimba line where it's sort of like, bouncing around and like and it like i don't that that bend ends up i don't know it's another one of those just like draw you in mm-hmm. which is a, this is also a dangerous track to get drawn into because you draw get drawn in and then that 808 again just Blows right in the brains. middle of the face yeah yeah it's like a hand grenade yeah it's it goes off like a bang dude so awesome so yeah the thumb piano that's called a kalimba right in the junior high years, we used to walk around Bothell, um, where I grew up, and my buddy had one. It was not a nice one. It was like, it was just a basic raw gourd with like some the rusty tines on it, out of tune. But it's the tines slipped perfectly into my back pocket, so the gourd was on the outside, <laughs> and I would just kind of we'd go on long walks as you do in junior high, like out until the streetlights come on days, and I would just be have this thing in my pocket, and every once in a while I'd bust it out and like play a sweet little rhythm and like uh it was ridiculous man the amount of fun that was as a as a carryable instrument so 
that's the only experience I have with that. I haven't heard it in a lot of music that I listen to. Um, so I thought it was cool to hear it in this and it started off and it sounded like kind of, all right, they're playing notes on it. And then by the end, I felt like it took on like a rain stick nature. Like it was dancing around like the rain stick, like the, mm-hmm. and it was going like, ding, 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 ding. and it started being a part of the rain, sort of like, you know, it's raining, 20 feet away but it's also hitting the tin roof above your head right and that was like that element of it i thought that was so cool um massive snare rim shots yeah through that thing like that you know it's like it's like and then it would get back into it like that yeah. metallic like rim shot sound was so raw and aggressive yeah totally i think the thing that was super cool about that um and it gets into like a lot of the crazy structure of this song but Pretty much that kick drum or the 808 is the only consistent element. It's doing the like, which is like classic dance music stuff. But everything above is like coming in and out and like doing this like, and then something else jumps in and then something else jumps in. And then voices come in over the top and then another thing comes in and then thing fades out. And it's just this constant barrage of like, new sounds or unexpected sounds or a sound you heard before that's like slipping in and it's i don't know it's constant dynamism above that like core bounce totally agree like something that it felt like to me is like i like racing and i think like you know watching lots of professional racing and supercars you get like the the your car is going and you're shifting and you're getting all that sound. But then as you're doing it, the other car is passing you and you're passing. So you got the, and then it's like, yeah. 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 That's what it felt like to me because I had that constant boom, 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 you know, like coming around. It was awesome, man. Right, totally. It d- it does this thing that I think is really cool, where it like builds up and builds up, and I feel like this is a an electronic music idea, but in this because it's so sample heavy, it feels different. Where it builds up and builds up and builds up, and then it sort of falls apart for a bit and like lulls, and then builds up and builds up and builds up, sure. and then it falls apart again. And I feel like uh, that's sort of the like build and the the riser and then the drop sort of idea from from electronic music, but in sort of this new way um, where you're always getting these new samples and these new little hits of, of flavor. Yeah, absolutely. We can listen to another track. Yeah, I'd love I'd love to. Just pack it full. I think we very much should. The new track we're going to listen to now is off of his new album, A Thousand Skies, uh, and the song is Ode to the Pleiades. This is very cool stuff. <laughs> I, th- I figured you might like it. <laughs> yeah, quite a bit. There's so much going on. There's so, so much. So much. Going there's so on. much to like. Yeah. 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 Uh, wow, man. Yeah, another unique track. This one didn't come across as like as I've never heard this type of thing before because there was a little more digital element to it, and I could expect. I felt like I expected it a little bit more. It was still surprising, but it felt more comfortable in a world of something I'd heard before. Sure. Um, still totally unique. Uh, it was it was way more dub. Yep. Like at the beginning, I felt like this dub quality. Um, totally. He's yeah. got a little bit of it in the previous track as well, where you've got these like these dub fades on the vocals. Totally. Where you just get that like echoed out, out, out fade, basically. Yeah. I don't feel like it was like 
um, to correct myself, it, there wasn't a lot more digital instruments, but this one felt like there was a, lo- uh, a fair amount more digital processing yep, that was totally. that was noticeable. And then most of that was in the world of delays mm-hmm. um, for me. That's what uh, brought up the dub thing. Yeah, there's also a few more like fairly digital sounding samples. There's a couple of these sort of like sort of sounds that don't feel super natural. Yeah. They're very kind of, uh, digital or very digitally processed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's overall got a more digital tone and also a more digital structure. I feel like it's got more classic kind of like EDM rises and falls, um, which the first one had, but less. They, I guess, they didn't feel as traditional because of the the soundscape. This one, I think, feels a little more in the realm of of classic uh, electronic music. Yeah. This one felt like it had verses where the first song felt like it was like coming in chapters, like yeah. bit bigger emotional chunks. Right. What's up with that earthquake bass though? I know, I mean, man. That is loves ab- that thing. Absolute block rocking. Just like, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Fills the space for sure. Yeah. I think that that would rattle your license plate right off the trunk. Oh yeah. Yeah. That yeah, was yeah. serious bass. Yep. Um, it was interesting that they paired that with the uh, traditional singing. Yep. It created such a weird feeling because it was just like that gritty, like the most hardcore hip hop bass you've heard much deeper than just an 808 uh, on its own. It was crushing. And then it had the soft vocals kind of singing and it felt really cool. Yeah, it's got that cool. uh, Those vocals have like a cool kind of call and response part to them as well, where Mm -hmm. there's like one vocalist singing and then there's like a what sounds like a children's choir or something responding um, and it, it creates this cool back and forth that is not mirrored anywhere else. Like it is very soft and very light and very, even the riffs, uh, are very, um, like there's a riff in there. I, I couldn't pick out what instrument it was, but it felt like more, a little more Middle Eastern in scale. Yeah. Was that like the sitar? <laughs> yeah. It sounded thing? a yeah. little bit like a sitar. Um, I wasn't sure if it was or not, but right. it, that tone. But yeah, that felt that is also very like bright and very it's got a very different tone to this just like completely overwhelming bass but i feel like that's a theme in a lot of his music sure it's just got this like one driving element and then all of these little like more ethereal things that you can latch on to totally so it's it's funny on this track it's like you you presented him as an italian dj who started as a jazz musician yes so the first track I could kind of glean elements of that background story. Yep. But in this one, it's like super obvious. Oh, like, yeah. It's way more of a DJ thing. Plus, the jazz came out so much with all the different, like Charlie, kind of Charlie Brown piano. And then there was some Fender Rhodes in there. Yep. And then at the end, there was like some avant-garde, like piano all over the place, like pure Which I, jazz. I guarantee you that's him playing too, yeah. right? Oh, it and, must be. And also, my secret thing with this is I've been trying to figure out since episode one how I sneak jazz onto this show. Uh-huh. Um, I haven't figured out like a specific way to bring a jazz artist yet. I want to, and I will. Let's see, a couple other things. Uh, There's some tape reverse sounding stuff. I felt mm-hmm. like at the very end that they, they were doing some of his recordings, probably his sampled stuff. He was running it in reverse. At first, right. I thought it was sped up, but I think it was just in reverse. Um, there was some... In both the tracks, there's like cool ambience that was created. It put you in a place, like because it wasn't like all studio recorded. Like you could think people were hanging out, singing outside, doing things in real life. And in this one, they had like a kid at one point that, that was like, I don't know, in the backyard going, "Yeah!" <laughs> it sounded like a little yeah. kid, and that was just one shot. It only played once, mm-hmm. and I thought that was so uh, so playful. Um, one thing that I thought was really interesting is the samples feel inherently dark when you're there's that like super heavy bass and the rest of the instrumentation but as soon as the it sort of switches to the jazz section everything brightens up in this way and the samples don't change right but like i can't even tell whether it's a key change or not like i haven't listened to this track enough times to really know but like it feels like a key change in that it it feels much happier and brighter once it's in that jazz portion and everything feels very kind of i don't know more up more uplifted yeah um which is an interesting tonal shift uh because it doesn't happen that starkly 
in songs that often. Yeah, I agree. I think it has a progression from the beginning to the end. The first time that earthquake bass hits and it's just like, it feels like it's going dark. Yep. But then they filter in the the singing over it. And then those breaks when it's just the singing and no bass. Yeah. That gets you ready for that piano section. But some of that piano is all over the place. So you can get lost in a dark space in that too. Sure, totally. Um, but yeah, then they finished it off with more light singing and it and the bass yeah. the, it rounded back to the bass to give you a, a beat to stomp your foot totally yeah uh i don't know if you noted this down how the track ended with some kind of transmission sounds it's like, like a computer f- transmission like satellite so there's that yeah but underneath all of that there's a conversation happening but it's got like a flanger on it Okay. So like all the conversation, I don't know if it's like meant to be a weird alien thing, but it's like transmission sounds and then a conversation where it's like, and it's like really a weird tonal thing to end with. Mm -hmm. But it's one of those things that like maybe some people wouldn't notice, but at least for me, it's one of those ones where I like immediately attach onto that. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. There? Right. <laughs> Cause it's just like, so out of left field, even though the entire track is so out of left field, that feels even a different shade of left out of left field. Completely. Like of all the things to, to put the digital sauce on, why that? Like, yeah, totally. That's what I was, that maybe it's a flanger. That's what I was saying when I heard like something reversing. Oh, right. Because yeah, it yeah. felt like I couldn't, I couldn't place it, what was going on there. Yeah, and why? And mix of the transmission? Now I'm thinking all kinds of crazy thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like one of those things that's like too weird to be accidental, but also like so weird that it could have just been purely Mm -hmm. accidental. And like, yeah, where would you listen to a track like this? I'm curious. Or or an artist like this, because it's so different. And like for me, after I discovered this artist, I listen through his stuff a lot and i listened through that first album tons of times mm-hmm. um the second album i'm gonna check here right now second album came out in 2017 um so i spent a lot of time listening to his music but like i i still have yet to figure out where i listen to his music i, I listen to it a lot working because it's just driving kind of like pushing music and it's big energy kind of music but I'm curious where, what sort of scenario does this push you towards? What does it inspire in you? Sure. As far as... The two places that I that I think of instantly, and the first one's dangerous, and I realize that it's not safe to ride your bicycle with headphones at loud volumes, but on long bike trails and stuff, I risk it because the feeling that it gives me is worth it. Sure. And um, so I'd listen to it riding my bicycle, like fully mocked out on a trail. Uh, and it would probably be, this is going on the top of my list for the first thing to listen to. If I was testing a hi-fi system, like a high fidelity (laughs) stereo system, I would love to hear this on like, you know, some $20,000, $100,000 super system. Or like when you go into a new studio and you're getting set up for the day or even better at the end of the day, when you, when you nailed a recording session, getting in there and just cranking up the monitors and listening to that. Like, yeah, it feels like it deserves the highest quality and it could, the sonic experience that this delivered is exceptional. It's unique. It like covers the whole frequency range. It does everything that I want. Like (laughs) it, yeah, it hits all the bells for me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'd listen to it to try to fall asleep at night. No, probably Mm -mm. not. (sighs) No, probably not. But, but maybe it's like it's like music to skydive to yeah some shit like totally that. Like, totally yeah. I'm not that I'm gonna do that anytime soon but that's that's what I feel like yep. you know? yeah it's really good cool clap 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 that's going on my going in my favorites folder there you go yeah new favorites every episode new favorites every episode that was great I like this this was a, a good share yeah and part of this new format is cutting ourselves off uh, right yep. about now thanks for listening to this time it's personal our intro and outro music was made by Diogenes and myself links to all the tracks used in the episode will be in the show notes be excellent to each other Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.